0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's literary associate and your host, Rosie Kelliger. Welcome to the Travcast. Kicking off 2016, I'm really pleased to have with me Matthew Zajac, who is a writer, director, and actor, and he is artistic director of Dogstar Theatre Company, which is a Scottish-based company, which has a history of making work with a really international perspective. Their last show, Factor 9, which toured the Traverse here, looked at the stories of thousands of haemophiliacs around the world who, in the 70s and 80s, received contaminated blood products and were consequently infected with HIV and Hepatitis C. We're really excited that one of Dogstar's best-loved and most celebrated shows, The Tailor of Inverness, is touring and will be coming to the Traverse in February. Matthew, welcome. It's great to have you here. Hello. Great to be here. Um, I'm really interested to talk a bit about your work with Dogstar. And um, we've just been chatting informally about everything under the sun, from veganism to Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth and and documentary films. Um, And it feels like um, what's exciting about Dogstar as a company is that their perspective, whilst being firmly uh, rooted in Scotland and its people uh, and its history is outward-looking. And I wondered if you could maybe talk about that as as a basis for making work.
1: Well, it's... uh, I I think uh, sometimes... um, I've come across a number of interesting writers uh, in my over 30 years as an actor and and producer um, who, you know, have been accused of being parochial. And uh, parochialism, I think, has sort of uh, positive and negative aspects to it. But... uh, Um, uh, one might describe Henrik Ibsen as parochial uh, writing plays set in obscure little towns at the end of of Norwegian fjords and yet of course Ibsen is one of the world's greatest dramatists uh, because his work has a kind of universality Mm. and uh, although I would never for a moment try and compare our work uh, with the standard of Ibsen's uh, that's certainly the kind of um, attitude that, that we try to follow uh, Dogstar started as a, a very small company touring exclusively in the Highlands of Scotland its first uh, productions were uh, written um, about the Highlands they were about um, individuals, historical figures from the Highlands of Scotland uh, they featured a lot of traditional music which we still use in quite a lot of our productions and um, uh, so from that point of view they were very kind of um, localized in a way and in terms of the, their focus on on history politics philosophy which came out of of that part of the world but uh, uh, for us it's very important to try and be both intellectually challenging to our audiences and to provide entertainments to give people a good night out as John McGrath famously did uh, uh, Titled his his great book on the work of 784 Theatre Company, and 784 are a great inspiration for Dogstar and and many of the touring theatre companies in Scotland that followed 784's example, um, and uh, uh, you know my own father was Polish. Um, uh, neither of my parents were from the Highlands of Scotland But I was born and raised there So in some ways, without even, uh, by accident I had a kind of international perspective from, from birth uh, We used to travel to Poland by car from the north of Scotland Every couple of years to go and visit my, my father's brother um, Who lived in Poland And uh, so I, I've always had a kind of very strong sense of being a European, I guess um and uh, it's very important for us to make work that we feel can appeal to anyone uh in whatever part of the world they're in and we've been fortunate since 2007 to have uh taken our work outside scotland uh, uh primarily it's been with the tale of inverness although a couple of other productions have been seen uh, uh outside scotland and uh And I feel that we're in a position now where we're really able to to build on that um, with partners in Scandinavia and uh, potential uh, partners, uh, which we've been working on for some time, in Iran and uh, America. Um, But uh, it remains to be seen exactly how that will come to fruition over the next few years.
0: It's interesting to hear you talk about this idea that in the local and the specific we find the universal that in a story that might come from inverness we speak to people and cultures and issues and ideas Mm -hmm. that are uh, that are global and that are experienced around the world uh, in a number of different contexts and actually that was one of the things that um was incredibly poignant uh for me about factor nine that uh it was. It, it grew out of a story that was kind of based in here in Edinburgh, where we are right now, um, and about the experience of hemophiliacs being treated by the British National Health Service. Mm-hmm. But actually, it had far-reaching uh, implications yeah. and links for people all over the world and uh, in North America mm-hmm. uh, and so on. And um, I wonder what your attitude is to uh, to those news stories to those pieces of history and how you go about thinking about what do you select and how do you find that thing that has a connection with you with your audiences um, mm. what's it about that kind of process of beginning the idea of making a show and um, um what, you, well, what you want to say with it
1: well i think it's you know it's uh, in the case it's it's often simply to do with uh, a, a, a sort of very personal story that one might come across and uh, uh, looking at that and thinking about how it connects with uh, with humanity as a whole, you know, um, uh, there are lots and lots of uh, traits that we all share in common um, uh, and behaviours. And uh, uh, in the case of factor nine, factor nine, um, I met uh, Bruce Norville, who's a very active campaigner. Uh, for the victims of the contaminated blood uh, scandal uh, and also a victim himself. I met him through a mutual friend at a football match about uh, seven years ago and I had some idea of that uh, disaster. Um, there's another chap from Inverness called Andy Gunn who's a wonderful blues guitarist who I'd known had been affected by this since uh, he was a teenager um, contracting HIV through, through a, a blood transfusion. And um, uh, when Bruce told me during this football match some of the details of, of what he'd been through and the story of the many thousands of others in the UK who'd been affected by it, um, I, I felt you know this was such a kind of extraordinary uh, and, and quite hidden story uh, that really ought to be told. I mean, it, it is generally accepted to have been the biggest scandal in the history of the British National Health Service, and, uh, and of course, it's something that has affected people across the world. Um, Hamish MacDonald, who actually wrote the script, did a huge amount of research into it. And uh, that included, you know, looking into Bruce's story, we wanted, we wanted to get an idea of the bigger picture of how uh, the health service in Britain and the medical authorities in various countries... Um, and the scientists and doctors in various countries had managed to arrive at a point where you have tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people around the world being affected by this. And uh, through doing that, you know, Hamish researched the whole history of the development of blood products, which I have to say has a number of very sinister and horrific aspects. Um, uh, and some of this was included in the play. I mean, the play is a very hard-hitting, angry play. It's the angriest play I've ever been in in my life. and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and It's it,
0: quite hard to watch, yeah. I mean, and I mean that as a compliment. I know. That it's, quite, it, it's shocking, and it, yeah. it's, it's brutal. Yeah. And uh, the relationship that the audience develops with the men who experience this is actually very intimate.
1: Yes, yeah, because uh, the focus of the play is on two of the, of the victims who are still alive, and... Um, uh, and uh, uh, so you get a, a very intimate um, understanding of, of what those individuals went through. But there's also certain lines within it which uh, of, of kind of inquiry, if you like, which includes an expose of of the fact that uh, around 1,000 prisoners at the Arkansas State Prisoner died at the hands of a doctor called Austin R. Stowe, uh, as he developed his own blood products uh, business which became a multi-million dollar business which his son has since inherited uh, but that has never really been fully exposed and no one's ever been prosecuted because there are very powerful vested interests involved in it. So, you know it, it, it was a that's that's a particularly sort of challenging and, and um, um, possibly even dangerous subject to, for us to have tackled uh, but, you know, uh, we're very much focused on you know the individual you know um, at the mercy of the forces of history, politics, philosophy, in whatever context we we choose to pursue. And and uh, you know as I said in the earlier years of the company, it was very much focused on on the Highlands of Scotland, and uh, uh, we've kind of branched out a bit in recent years. But uh, we always uh, tour our shows to village halls in the highlands and islands of scotland as well as the bigger city theatres and uh, i i can't see us ever stopping doing that because uh, well, we feel it's quite important to kind of remain kind of rooted if you like in a, in a community to a degree and uh, scotland in a way is like a big village <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is it really is um it's interesting hearing you talk because it It feels like a a real theme in in what you're saying and in the work that you make is a sense of responsibility. Um, A responsibility to the audiences Uh for whom you're making the work, um, but also to the people whose stories you're telling or whose stories and lives have inspired the work that you're making. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, um, particularly in relation to Factor 9, because obviously you were portraying uh, real people Mm -hmm. in that play Mm -hmm. and uh, you were performing in it yourself yeah, um, but also in relation of course to The Taylor of Inverness which mm-hmm. is particularly personal mm-hmm. for you um, and I wonder how you approach that sense of responsibility in a sense the ethics of making theatre.
1: Yeah well it's uh, it's a very kind of raw and exposing thing to, to, to play people who are still living and uh, uh, it, it's, yeah, you've got to think quite carefully about it. I mean, in the case of The Tale of Inverness, which is even more raw and exposing in a way because it's about my father and there's one actor in it, which is me, and I play my father and myself. No pressure. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fortunately, there's a fiddler on stage too, so I'm not entirely alone. Um, but uh, with that show, um, the reason I decided to, to make that public is because, for me, it's, it's a play about what war does to ordinary people and families. And I think, you know, without wanting to sound too arrogant about it, I think that that the story of my father is, is one which resonates with uh, uh, um, any individual that's gone through the kind of war experience that he went through, and those experiences are happening as we speak in Syria um, and in other war-torn parts of the world. Um, so uh, that you know I I, I felt it was a, a valid thing to do from that point of view from the personal point of view obviously you know there are members of my family still alive including my mother and uh, I know that uh, some members of my family were extremely nervous about the whole idea of me uh, exposing my father's life in the way that I have in the Taylor inverness I think they've been quite reassured I suppose uh, in that, you know uh, they might might not listen to my kind of protestations that it's a tribute to my father, but uh, fortunately a lot of their friends feel that way about it. Um, but uh, you know it's I think I think you've got to you've got to I, I was about to say I think it's important to to try and uh, uh, show respect to any any subject. Um, both in terms of ideas, but also, more importantly, in terms of individuals that you may be uh, examining, alive or dead. And, uh, um, you know, I I hesitated to say that because, obviously, there are are some individuals in the world who have been uh, responsible for so much crime and disaster that it might be quite hard to actually find a way of respecting them. Um, uh, But... uh, uh, I, I don't think that we've really portrayed any sort of mass murderers or anything like that in our shows as yet. Uh, um, and so,
0: perhaps there's still an element of respect in telling a story honestly.
1: Yes. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, we're all human beings and uh, we are all capable, I believe, of, of of terrible acts in certain circumstances, you know. So... Uh, um i don't believe in any kind of idea of being born wicked or anything like that so uh uh it's i think it's important to just try and examine how how disastrous things occur or how funny things occur you know i mean uh, uh, a lot of our shows I, I would describe as being tragicomic essentially um uh and you know uh both Hamish MacDonald, who founded the company, and myself, you know, uh, I think like that form most.
0: Mm. And I wonder if um, you could let us in a little bit to your process on making the Taylor of Inverness. And obviously you've spoken about the sensitivity of your family and Mm -hmm. their anxieties or nervousness around what was going to be shown of Mm -hmm. them, of your father, uh, what it might reveal about your attitude to them. So obviously you must have approached that with huge sensitivity, but I'd love to know how you navigate a path between respect for the people involved um, and telling a good story well mm-hmm. and truthfully. And and so, what your process was in relation to the material of a man's life mm-hmm. and, and everybody else whose lives he touched.
1: Well, I think it's. I think one of the things that I really wanted to avoid was any hint of judgment. Um, uh, I felt what was important in a way was to relay the facts and to try and um, portray some sense of uh, the effects of the events uh, that he was uh, uh, a victim of um, uh, on a personal level... um, so I, you know, it, it's it is very personal, you know, in a way. There are quite a few letters uh, included in the script, uh, which are letters that I wrote and letters that my father's first wife wrote. Um, uh, but it's it's kind of, in a way it's a kind of collage of you know, his account of his life, which I recorded in 1988, I mean, it was a very long process, and there was a lot of hesitancy on my part about about how I, I might approach it and how I would expose it. Um, I didn't even think I was going to write a play initially. I was I thought I was going to write a book, which I have since written, but I've only written it since the play was produced, because uh, um, I, I realised that writing a book is a lot harder than writing a play, <laughs> for me anyway, because of my experience <laughs> uh, working in the theatre. And uh um, so, uh, you know, it's only in recent years that I, I could even really uh, uh, call myself a writer. You know, I didn't consider myself to be a writer at all. Uh, uh, so putting The Tale of Inverness together, which is the first play I ever wrote, uh, you know, was a real step into the unknown. So, you know, I, I, I can't say that I approached it with any great sort of um, theoretical method or or... Or uh, process. Uh, um, You know, I'd I'd recorded these conversations with my father, which I edited. Um, I I gathered some information from places like the British Army's archive, where I got his British Army record. Um, I went to his birthplace, which is now in western Ukraine. I met two of his cousins. I met an old woman in the village that he was brought up in who remembered the family and and told me some startling revelations, which I was completely ignorant of. Um, I traced my father's first wife after about 18 months, uh, having discovered that she existed in that trip to, to Ukraine. Um, and, you know, using the letters, the war records, the accounts of these individuals that I talked to, uh, and his own account of his life I pieced together uh, the play um, and sort of integrated uh, uh, music into it because dog, a lot of Dogstar's work has used live music uh, and some of it you could describe as music theatre and uh, and I, I felt that it would be good to have a fiddle uh, uh, which is a kind of archetypal instrument of the folk music of both Eastern Europe and Scotland and um, as as a kind of um, I don't know how you describe it. It's almost like this kind of additional character mm. uh, uh, in the show to kind of convey some of the sort of emotional journey of it, and uh, so uh, <laughs> and I just had to use my own judgment as to how it w- how it would work in terms of uh, you know uh, the, the dramatic journey that the audience has taken on. Um, uh, and fortunately it seems to have worked <laughs> <laughs> it certainly has
0: um, and one final question before we wrap up um, how does it feel and perhaps this has changed because the show was first made in 2008 and it's toured extensively and uh, obviously coming back now how does it feel to be playing your own father and has your have your feelings about that evolved at all as perhaps the pieces evolved or uh, as you've got older, and I know you're a father yourself. And mm-hmm. Yes, I just wonder what that's like, if there's a point where literally stepping into his shoes has started to feel different? Or um, well,
1: <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because it is a performance and obviously I'm not my father. Um, Thank you for clearing uh, that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of... Um, uh, I've certainly become more familiar with... Uh, the character I'm portraying um, and it does feel a bit like I'm stepping into his shoes every time I do it and it's almost in a way you know it's it's, it's quite because he died in 1992 you know and it's it's quite nice because it's almost like I'm kind of um, I'm with him again you know in some ways and uh, uh, so I, you know I, I really look forward to it every time I do it quite frankly and uh, um, I you know, it's a very enjoyable show to perform. I mean, it is kind of emotionally challenging for me. It always kind of gets to me at some point. But you know, being a professional, you know, I, 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 you know, I never forget the audience. You know, and that the audience is the most important thing. And uh, um, so, uh, uh, it's it's something that you know, I, 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 it is it is quite peculiar. You know, to play your father. Um, And, uh, you know, I've played lots and lots of other characters in my life. Uh, I don't know, many, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds. Uh, And there's not, I suppose, you know, it's the the Tale of Inverness, you know, is is a powerful piece. And and it's, you know, and it's a kind of tour de force for whoever, you know, I hope one day someone else might do this show. Uh, um, I would love to see it. uh, but, you know, I mean, it's a gift for an actor to do The Tale of Inverness as, as a, you know, again, I don't want to say conceited, but as are all the great roles, you know. And uh, and it's, to be honest, it's only, you know, I, I came into it, I decided to become an actor through doing a production of The Crucible by Arthur Miller in 1976 at Inverness High School. And, you know, that was an amazing play. And I was playing John Proctor, which is one of the great, great roles in it. And you know, I get a similar feeling doing the tale of Inverness as I get, as I did in 1976 when I played John Proctor in the Crucible. You know, it's a great role. It's a very powerful piece of work which has something very important to say. And uh, uh, it, you know, it's it's a great privilege to do it uh, for an audience, and to do it well uh, it is a wonderful experience for everyone in the theatre. And. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, sorry, that sounds terribly arrogant and conceited. <laughs> but, you know, I ha- we have done 225 performances of the show and it gets such a great response. I, th- I do feel that I'm kind of able to say that without, you know, lying.
0: <laughs> Matthew, that's a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. It's a
1: great pleasure. Thanks a lot.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.